Welcome to episode two of the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Uh, had so much fun doing episode one, decided to do a second episode. I'm actually here at my in-laws house and uh, in their playroom recording uh, this podcast. I can see a couple pinball machines, a big screen TV, uh, one of those Cruising USA uh, arcade games and uh, wanted to just share a little something with everybody on July July 4th and about our culture. But before I do that, I had a bunch of different coaches ask me how to start a podcast and um, it's really kind of simple. I, all I do is take my, my MacBook, I open up QuickTime and, and open up a new audio recording. I don't have any type of microphone. I just use a computer microphone and I record it. I save it to my computer. I actually save it two different places. I save it to a Google, my Google Drive and I save it to my OneDrive. I have um, through the state of West Virginia and then I then upload it uh, from just the, the copy of my computer to uh, Buzzsprout. It's a website B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T dot com. You can set up a free, uh, free site and it's Fury account, excuse me. Then it takes you through how to set up a, a podcast. Now I'm on the, the free account right now, which is uh, you get like free storage for 90 days up to two hours per month. Uh, eventually, I have to change over to uh, an account that you pay. You can pay like twelve, eighteen, or twenty-four dollars, depending on how much. Uh, well, it's it's unlimited storage when you start paying for. It, but how many times you want to upload a week, uh, and that kind of gets into how much are you going to podcast? Um, how much depends on how much you you have to pay. But really, a very simple process. Uh, I love to you know see a bunch of my other coaching buddies do this and and get into. Uh, and get into podcasting because I think it's important that we all, uh, you know, we give to the to the greater good. So we 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 start our own part of the conversation uh, that contributes to the greater conversation of of football coaches. Because I think it's all important. I think it's really important that we all understand that people are there with us. That um, we have some solidarity. That people are in the same struggle with us as we we go through uh, coaching football and. And trying to uh, do what's best for our kids, and eventually um, make them into the great young men, and also have good, good football teams. Because that's you know it's a, it's a struggle for for us as coaches. It's a it's a juggling act, for a lack of a of a better term. And um, so you know what I want to talk about in this episode is culture. I want to talk about what does it mean to have a good culture in a football program? I think that's something that as a, a young coach is my th- going to my third year. It's it's hard to find, um, you know, really good material that applies to to your situation as a coach. As far as how do I, you know, build my culture? And you know, one of the ways that uh, we try to do that is we do it through a couple of different mottos. You'll hear me say "brick by brick" or "win the day." And now there's a, there's a lot of good books out there that may talk about football culture, but every school's different. Um, you got to find what what motivates your your kid. You know, I love I love reading. You know, really good college coaches or pro coaches, but this is high school football. Um, we can't cut somebody. We can't cut their their scholarship. We can't go sign a new player. Um, we have to take guys that we really don't have much we can give them besides a feeling of uh, of team, right, or a sense of accomplishment. We can't give them scholarships. We can't pay them money. Um, you know, so we're trying to to build something with limited resources. Some high schools are lim- more limited than others. Uh, I know my school was very poor. 
all our kids are, are free redu free lunch, uh, free breakfast. Now we have some some students with some money in our school, but for the most part, it's very very poor high school. So trying to find things that that push our kids, it may be a little different than other other places. So you know, I just want to go kind of go through year year by year, um, first year, second year, what we're trying to do going into the third year as far as culture and, and pushing our, our football players uh, to embrace to embrace a uh, a culture of, of winning in all, all aspects of life. So I got the Riverside job in year one in 2015, and we started this thing with a slogan of brick by brick, and we wanted to take small steps towards improvement. Uh, the program had really hit rock bottom uh, in years 13 and 14, 30-something players on the roster in a school of a little over 1,000. Uh, morale was low. Um, so we were just trying to build it brick by brick, just small piece by small piece. Uh, and eventually, you know, our plan is to build an empire over time, that we're going to build into a program that is one of the best programs in West Virginia, one of the best programs in our region, and hopefully build a best, one of the best programs in the country. But that takes, that takes time, and it takes a, a commitment to doing the small things right along the way because sometimes you win even if you lose and I know that sounds funny because there are no moral victories per se but sometimes it's, you play really really well the other team just has better people than you have or as we say as coaches they just have better dudes um, and that happened that happened a lot my our first year at Riverside that we would play well but the other team had had guys who were you know, maybe more athletic, or in that case, in that year, just older. We were playing a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores. And, um, you know, an 18-year-old is going to beat a 14-year-old most of the time. Was a 14-year-old um, is really, really special. Uh, so, you know, it was just sometimes we had to remember, sometimes you win even if you lose. Just continue to push, continue to love those kids and trying to get them on the right path, not just playing football, but also just as being, as being a man and, and just teaching them it's all about the process, how – do you embrace the challenge of today that it's not important necessarily the outcome is not necessarily important it's the process because uh, as we built this uh, we're gonna we, we've started to win we're gonna win more but you know there are games that we have won in year two that I was not happy with we did not play well and we need to play better and focus on the process and not just the W or the L um, that goes in the paper on Saturday. Saturday morning, um, and then I also in that first year, just trying to find positives and teachable moments. We we film practice, we film the games. Obviously, <clears throat> you're just trying to find ways to teach young men how to do things better on the field and practice and the game. And then also, you know, the big piece of that is you're trying to get them to do the right things in the weight room. Um, you know, when you're trying to build a program that's been struggling, generally that program has not done a good job in the weight room. They have to not develop their kids. Uh, from the time they walk in the door as ninth graders to the time they leave as seniors. And, you know, just trying to find teachable moments, weight room, practice field, game field, and find those positives to help those young men understand, like, hey, this is how you should do it, and to push them to be better. And you know, I made a note here in my notes. Yeah, I have paper paper notes. Imagine that um, in this day and age. Uh, you know, 0-10 is, is no fun, but it changed how I coach. And, and I want to talk about that for a couple minutes that you know as, as a player I played for a high school I graduated from a high school called Trinity Christian Academy in Jacksonville Florida and 
they were are they were very good when I played there, and they continue to be very very good. They play on ESPN. Uh, my junior senior year, I transferred there after my sophomore year. You know, we were twenty seven and one. My junior senior year, won two state championships. Had four or five guys in my graduating class. I think it was five guys go to play college football, you Division One, Division Two, and you play football differently when you are more talented than the other team, significantly more talented. Usually you're more conservative because you can be very um, very basic in all, all aspects of of your game plan because you have better people in the other in the other team. Now, I'm not advocating that, hey, if you have less talent, you just do stuff that's crazy. Um, you know, I would say if you have less talent than another team or if talent is close, try to be a little unique is a word I would use. Be just, just be a little unique. Now, be very sound, very simple, but be unique. Do something that people don't see all the time. George Tech runs triple option. Um, you know, us on defense for a lot of man-to-man. That's not anything people are going to listen to this podcast and figure us out on defense. Uh, they've known that watching film. We play a ton of man-to-man on defense. We run a lot of ops principles on offense. We're trying to put people in conflict or give them things they don't see all the time. Um, and, you know, I would, in my previous time, playing in high school and then I was coaching kind of backtracking I was coaching at schools before I got to Riverside that had really good talent I mean I'm visual a bunch of visual one talent and you don't have to do things that are different or unique uh, because you have better people and they can just overwhelm and you win games you feel great as a coach because I'm a great coach because I had a visual one defensive end linebacker safety but then you get to a place it doesn't have that type of talent now we've put five kids in, in college in college football in, in two years, and hopefully it's seven or eight after this year, but it, it's Division two talent. Maybe an FCS kid will, will come out of Riverside here in the next couple of years, but you know it's not the, the SEC talent I was used to, to coaching, so it, it takes some adjustment. You make more aggressive scheme, take more risks, um, you know, play like us from defense. We play man covers. We onside kick. We go for it on fourth down on offense. We run a lot of triple option principles on offense, trying to give yourself a chance to be successful when the talent is equal, or maybe you're a little less talented uh, in, so, in some areas. Now, we have, we, we, I think we have really good players going here in year three. I think we're, we're very talented, uh, but they we're going to run against some teams and maybe have a couple Division One guys. We've got to find a way to give ourselves a chance when they just have guys that have a little more God, God-given ability. Uh, you know, so year one... We're 0-10, but I thought we played our best two games the last two games of the year. We played about as good as we could play in game eight and game nine. And I could, as a coaching staff, we could see it start to turn. Like, hey, we're going to be pretty good if we can keep this thing rolling into year two. We're going to be light years better than this program has been in a long time. And in year two, we developed this motto called win the day. Um, You know, brick by brick was good. It was important. Uh, but we wanted to change it into something that was a little more practical. Tell our players that it is be- you, just the whole your whole mindset is to be better today than you were yesterday. And we talk about win the day all the time. We talk about it in our team meetings. We talk about it before practice, after practice. Uh, it's on the back of our hoodies that we give our our players and coaches. Uh, it's something that I put in the parent email. I send out on on Sundays to project a common theme and keep parents in the loop. You know, it's important that we all speak the same language. So, yes, we started brick by brick, but now it's win the day. And Oregon 
started that. They don't use it anymore because they got a different coach, but we're going to, we use it. That's win the day. That's all we want to do is be better today than we were yesterday. Um, you know, and I think it made a big difference. We had a great off-season program and an off-season between year one and year two. We were right back in the weight room after we lost uh, our 10th game. And then we see the fruits of that labor in the second year. And we go four and six. Now, some people will say four and six, that's under 500. What is that? That's not that good. Uh, but that's more wins than the previous four years combined at Riverside. And... We did a lot of great things with our players. Still a relatively young team. Um, I think this year three is going to be our, our best team we've had since I've been there. But um, we continue to let, make our guys be focused on the process. Um, because if you control what you can control, the outcome will take care of itself. And we just that's what we believe in. We want our players just to control what they can control and to be present, not perfect. I stole that from Joe Madden. I'm actually wearing one of his shirts right now. Uh, that says uh, do simple better, um, but if you're present and not perfect, you can make the best decision. You make the best decision you can with the information you have. So, you know, it's good to reflect and self-analyze. But as a coach, you know, I, as my listeners of the, of the podcast, don't beat yourself up if you know maybe you made the right decision but got a bad result. Because sometimes that happens. You make the best decision for that call in the game or that or the practice that type of way the week before the game and sometimes it doesn't work out like the outcome doesn't work out but the process was good keep that you know if it's a good process keep it keep working now if you do some self-analyzation and oh my gosh this is horrible this is a bad way to do it then um, change something up you know do something different but sometimes you can make the right decision and get a bad result use the best practices because it will work out most of the time, you, you know, use the best, best practice you can use, uh, you know, make sure that you're not just throwing stuff against the wall and see what, see what sticks. Now there are, there are times and, you know, fundraising efforts, things of that nature you do as a coach that you, Hey, we're trying to figure stuff out, but you know, when you're in the season, you should have a, a process for how you do things, how you install, not just throwing everything at the wall, see what sticks, um, use things that are, that are time Tested, like I talked about in the first podcast, use things that people have looked at for eons and eons of time. Um, you know, because because as you go through the season, you know, as we went through season two, you know, do the preparation and let it rip. Be willing to self critique and be ready to stand by your decision. You know, we're all going to have parents come up to us and second guess us. Have, have, they're going to track us down in the parking lot. They're going to you know try to call us or text us and hey why are you playing this guy why aren't you playing this guy i'm going to transfer my kid you know all those different types of things uh, but be willing to stand by your decision because it was the best decision possible and you have evidence behind that decision and for football that's film you know have they produced on film that's one of the reasons we film practice that if somebody really wants to um, really wants to know hey what's up well you know first of all has your kid been in practice uh, second of all, how are they doing in practice? And we film that because, you know, it keeps every player accountable, not just to, you know, prove to parents that their kids shouldn't be playing. We, you know, that's not something we make a practice of doing. But as coaches, that we make sure that we are always evaluating who is on the field and why they are on the field or they are not on the field. Um, 
You know, because people are going to question it. People are going to ask, well, why is he playing? Why is he not playing? You know, he did this in the game. Well, you know, he didn't play well. or he Well, he did the best in practice. And that's how you have to mold the culture of your program. Uh, we do not believe in gamers. We believe in practicers. I stole that from Tom Herman. Uh, if you don't do it in practice, you will not do it in the game. You won't even get the chance to do it in the game because you have not done it in practice. And that's something that our kids are, start, are starting to believe. Our coaching staff has always believed it. But, you know, it's something that must be beat into the the foundation of your program is that you earn everything you get. Uh, there, nobody's given a free pass. Nobody is better than the other person. Now, do you treat kids differently? Absolutely. Um, you know, you got to know what how, what motivates each young man. Um, you know, I, I think that you know, equal is not always fair. Uh, that's that's a I think that's a good statement. That you want to be fair. You want to uh, try to motivate each kid individually. And if you know, as, as educators, <clears throat> we learn different differentiated instruction. You want to try to help each young man learn and perform the best. Because our job as coaches is to get our team to perform the best on Friday nights. Um, and we got to find the balance of how, how that works. Some teams, you know, it's, it's a little more in your face, more direct. Some teams are very self-motivated, in my experience as a coach. And you kind of just guide those, right? You, you give them uh, just, just a, a guide, like a, a compass, right? So they stay true north and they keep heading in the direction you want them to. Some teams, it's, it's more hands-on. It's You have to walk them through every little thing. And that's more tiring, but it is what it is. It, you have to try to find what best helps your players to succeed. And, um, you know, as, as you're doing this as a high school coach, as you're going through all this, there can be a lot of pressure, right? Getting pressure from maybe at your school, not my school, and my administration is fantastic. But maybe at your school, you get pressure from your administration. You get pressure from your parents. Maybe you have some assistant coaches that are pressuring you as a head coach to make decisions that you don't think are right. Um, I want to give you this quote by Joe Madden. And what he said was, never let the pressure exceed the pleasure. Let me repeat that. Never let the pressure exceed the pleasure. I know for me, I've wanted to be a high school coach my whole life. Life. I remember sitting in church uh, with a with a bulletin and a pen. I'm drawing. It was offensive plays back then. Now it's defensive plays. But I was drawing, you know, different different schemes. And I get into college and I'm taking notes in class. But I'm really just drawing our offense down. I'm taking my pen or what pen do I have? Today? I have the precise V5. Great pens. Uh, very fine line. But anyways, um, you know, I'm drawing different plays. Or I'm going through. I'm trying to diagram different things and how do we run them? I was at Liberty or. Um, I was in East Carolina, and then I, I wanted to go into a, you know, a high school coaching ring. So I go back in my brain, how do we run this in high school? We were wing T, so I draw that stuff up on a on a separate sheet of paper or in my college notepads. I have all these plays drawn, and now I still have it. Hear me flipping through this this legal pad here. I, I got stuff written. Oh my goodness, all over the place. Defensive scheme X's and O's, things I take pictures of, send to my coaching staff. Um, you know, different notes and because. Because you love it, right? It's what you've always wanted to do. And uh, being an assistant coach is very different from being a head coach. As an assistant coach, you are a suggestion maker. As a head coach, you are a decision maker. And just all the, the head coaches listening know that, yes, it is important to take in all the information you can take in. That it's important to listen to your assistant coaches and draw the wisdom from them that they have. But at the end of the day... It is upon you 
to make the best decision possible in your opinion. I'm willing to stand by it. You know, there, there's sometimes things are going to work out. Sometimes things are not. You know, I'm a head coach that's gone 0 and 10. Trust me, there are a lot of things that are outside of your control. Control the controllables and just continue to press on. Trust the process. Now, sometimes you have to tweak your process. Absolutely. We've tweaked a lot of things at Riverside. Uh, but we are headed in the right direction. You, know, you can see the growth of our programs. You can't see growth as a coach, maybe it's time to change something. Um, but if you are seeing growth, stick to the plan. Uh, maybe make a tweak, but stick to the overall plan and continue to help your program to grow. Um, guys, I thank you for the 20, 20 or so minutes you've listened to this podcast. If you have any kind of any kind of questions or comments, uh, my email is on um, the, the I guess the information section in. Uh, in the podcast, um, and my website is zachdavis24.blogspot.com, and on my email, I'll just, I'll just, I guess I should probably just say it. It's mindofafootballcoach at gmail.com. Mindofafootballcoach at gmail.com. I'm surprised anybody had that when I, when I created it, but uh, it's it's gone well. Um, you know, this is my second podcast. I hope this one was better than the first one, in your opinion. And I thank you for your for listening and I just thank you for your time uh, to listen to this podcast and I look forward to doing another one soon. The, my next one will be uh, with Bryce and Zach Casto of Nitro High School and then I'll also, also do one with Joey Fields of Mingo Central High School, do some, some interviewing, some bantering back and forth. I figured you'd want to hear somebody besides just me speaking because <laughs> I know I would, uh, but have a, have a great afternoon and happy July 4th.